It's time for Defending the Faith with Pastor Kenny Word of Gospel Lighthouse Church in Bossier City. Defending the Faith uses foundational principles, fundamental teachings, and faithful preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ to influence the world and strengthen believers in their daily walk. And now, here's Pastor Kenny Word. Praise the Lord. Welcome to Defending the Faith. We're so glad that you joined us on today's program. Now, my name is Pastor Kenny Word. I'm the pastor of Gospel Lighthouse Church. Now, our church is down in South Bossier City, and we're a non-denominational congregation. If you don't have a church home, we would love to have you come visit us, come join us uh, for one of our upcoming services. We have Wednesday night services at 7 o'clock uh, p.m., and then on Sundays, we have two services on the Lord's Day. At 10.45 in the morning, we have our main service, and then we're a little bit old-fashioned. We have church at night. It's a 6 o'clock service, and honestly... It usually is the most powerful one. Uh, but if you don't have a church home, we want to make an invitation to you. We preach the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ. We preach that there is hope for every soul and that God's desire is to reconcile you to Himself through the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you need a church home, come worship the Lord with us at Gospel Lighthouse Church. Now, as we get into this program, we pray that this message is a blessing to you. We pray that God would speak to you, that it would be anointed and minister to you. And if you have any questions, you can always email me at kjcword, that's kjcword, at gmail.com. You can email me anytime. And now let's go ahead and get on into the message. God bless you. In Luke chapter 22, beginning in verse number 31, um, trouble knocks on Simon Peter's door. And sometimes, you know, it's, you, you can mind your own business and still get the knock on your door of tribulation. Amen? Amen? It, you know, a lot of times I go through things and, I, and I'll say, I didn't want this. I didn't ask for this. What did I do to deserve this? And, and if you've ever had opposition come against you, some of those thoughts enter your mind and enter into your heart. Well, here in verse number 31, uh, Peter is about to get a bomb dropped on him. And, and um, the Lord Jesus is the one that's going to give him the information. Let's pick it up in verse number 31. Um, it says, And the Lord said, Simon, Simon. I was saying earlier, you know, if the Lord calls your name twice, you better listen. Amen. That means He's got something for you. I, I was saying, you know, when, when I was playing outside, my mom would call my name, I would keep on playing. You know, you tune out one voice. You, you tune out Kenny. But if she ever said my whole name, I better get home. Because it would not end well for me. Somebody would come find me, and it would not go well. And, and so when, when the Lord Jesus says Simon Peter's name twice, it's to get his attention. Sometimes the Lord will say, verily, verily, uh, it means truly, truly. Listen to this is what he's saying. Listen. So he says, Simon, Simon. So this is not just a casual conversation about Simon, Simon, go park the car. This is something serious. This is Simon, Simon. Behold, Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee, that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. Now what we have here, the Lord Jesus is letting Peter know something before it takes place. And what he lets him know is 
the enemy, our adversary, the devil, Satan, is desiring to have Peter. Now, it is not only Peter. It's not that Peter did something and got on the radar. The Bible says that Satan is our, everybody say our. The Bible says that Satan is our adversary. And so he's seeking whom he may devour, Peter actually tells us later. Um, so our adversary, the devil, uh, Satan, is seeking whom he may devour. It's not just specific to Peter, but in this example, look what Jesus tells Peter. He said, his desire is to sift you and, and, and leave you as wheat. In other words, his desire is to render you useless, frozen, not going forward in God, being stuck right where you are. His desire is to render you in a place where you don't do anything, say anything, love anything, look at anything, go over anything. His desire is to, is to leave you in a place where you are just there. And that was his desire on Peter. And what happened to Peter was, Peter actually denied the Lord Jesus three times, which we know. And on the third time that Peter denied Christ, he saw Christ. And he began to weep bitterly because he denied the one in whom he loved. Now, it's one thing for us to deny Jesus, but think about Peter who watched him walk on the water, who watched him feed the 5,000 and the 4,000, who, who watched him do miracles and signs and wonders. Peter is the one that confessed, Thou art the Christ, the Son of God, the Messiah. Peter is the one that God revealed that to. And this same Peter shied away from the truth when the pressure came. And if you've ever messed up, you know what that feels like. It, it, it's kind of like, you know, if you're a football player and you fumble at the goal line. Well, Peter has this coming on him where he denies the Lord Jesus and what moves in when you feel like you have done God wrong, when you feel like you've let God down, when you feel like you've messed up, what sets in is what's called condemnation. Condemnation is the weapon that the devil uses to keep you whipped down. His desire is to keep you in a place where you do not desire to lift your head, much less lift your hands in worship and serve God to your fullest potential. Condemnation tells you you're not good enough, don't even try. Condemnation tells you you've blown it, you've messed up, don't even try. And condemnation tells you to stay away from getting right with God. But that's not from God. Condemnation is from our enemy. Conviction is from God. One of the works of the Holy Spirit is not to help dancing bears keep, you know, to going and have a church where people do backflips. The, the, one of the works of the Holy Spirit is to give you light in the middle of the night through the Word of God and to bring conviction to a soul. Conviction says, I'm not right and I need Jesus. That's what conviction is. And when the Holy Spirit is convicting an individual, they say, wow, I'm not right. I need Jesus. That's how you know that God is working on your soul when He brings conviction in there. And that's what uh, Jesus was, was helping Peter understand. He said, when you fail, me, when you let me down, when you fail me and let me down, you're going to feel like a failure. You're going to feel like you have messed up and you are beyond repair. But I want you to know, I've prayed for you. Oh, if we only knew that Jesus prayed for us. He does, just wait. 
If we only could hear Him. Robert Murray McShane said, if we could only hear, you know, if we only knew that Jesus was praying for us, if we could hear Him in the next room praying for us, how much better would we feel? But the Bible says He prays for you today. Amen? Amen. Trust the Bible, not your ears. Amen? Trust what the Word of God says. It reveals to you who God is. And what it reveals to you is that God loves you, He longs for you, He prays for you, and He intercedes for you. And here in this passage, Peter's about to fail God. He's about to get onto a, a miserable season. How many of you have been in a miserable season? Amen. Yeah, I don't think you could get much more miserable than, than denying Jesus three times before He dies for your soul on the cross. That's about a low feeling right there. Especially knowing him how he did. And he knew the valley he was about to get into. Before he went in it, Jesus knew he's about to get in the valley. And Jesus took the time to pray for him before he went in there. Amen? And so what you see in this passage, uh, when Jesus says, I have, I have prayed for you, look what it says in verse 32. This is very uh, important to, to, to today's message. What it says in verse number 32, he says, I prayed for you, not that, you know what, all this stuff's coming against you, so I'm going to pray that you get a new job, I'm going to pray that you get a new car and a new house, I'm going to pray that all your bills are paid, I'm going to pray that... That's not what he prayed. When Jesus prayed for Peter, when Peter was in a crisis moment, everybody say crisis. crisis. When you're in a, a, a midnight hour, a trial, it, it, it's after your very soul, that's a crisis moment. And when, when Peter is entering into this crisis moment, the prayer of the Lord Jesus is not that he has, you know, that his headache leaves. It's not that he gets a new car or a new job or new clothes or a $65 million airplane. It's none, that's not what he prayed. What did he pray? That his faith fail not. That's what he prayed, that your faith would fail not. Now, we would all like airplanes, new clothes, jobs, cars, houses, and all that. Everybody that, that is fleshly and worldly loves those kinds of things. But what's needful for you is that your faith fail not. In the crisis hour, that your faith be founded on the rock of the Lord Jesus Christ, that rock that is unmovable and unbreakable, that will never let you down. Though people may let you down, things may let you down, people may turn their back on you, people may forget about you, people may not call you, people may not think about you, but God Almighty said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Amen? He said, I will be with you even unto the end of the earth. I will be with you all Always, he is your ever-present God. Amen. And so he says, I'm praying that your faith fails not. Yet your faith fails not. Now, this is key to, to today's message because this. Every single one of us go through different trials and different tribulations. Amen. Every single one of us go through different hardships. Amen? Amen. And, 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 and don't compare yourself to other. Comparison is a work of the devil. You might say, oh, that's nothing. I could handle that. Well, you don't know what it's like to be in their shoes. Amen. You don't know what it's like to live in somebody else's shoes. You only know what it's like to live in yours. Amen. But hardship and tribulation is a hardship and a tribulation. Amen. And so, and, and the enemy's desire is to devour us Amen. and so that's why we need our faith this is why we need our faith 
Now, this, this part right here, that our faith fail not, is what we need to get through the midnight hour. Amen? Okay, turn in your Bibles. We're, gonna, we're, we're going to turn to the person in whom this was told. So Peter is the one that learned this lesson. Amen? Didn't Peter learn it? We're going to hear him teach it a little bit. Go to 1 Peter chapter number 1. So the Lord Jesus is telling Peter about this and that his faith fail not. And you know when you've been through a trial, you've been through a storm, and you've made it through to the other side, you know the church needs to listen to your voice. Amen? Amen. When, when, when you've got what? Now let me rephrase that. Peter had a testimony. And the Bible says that we overcome by the what? By the blood of the Lamb and the testimony of the saints. We overcome. This is how we overcome. By the blood of the Lamb and the testimony of the saints. A testimony is when we give God glory for getting us through a situation that we didn't think we could get through. Amen. Your first testimony is the day you got saved. Your second testimony should be the next day and the next day and the next day and the next day. Every day a testimony. God getting you through something you don't think that you could get through. Uh, amen? amen. I have to say, every, whenever I try to live life on my own outside of the Spirit of God leading me, I always run the car into the ditch. I always end up hurting folks and myself. Amen? Everything ends up busted up. But as long as we allow the Spirit of the living God to guide us and to lead us, God will always take us from faith to faith, from glory to glory, from this land to the promised land, not nine out of ten times. But if you let the Spirit of God guide you, He will take you to those promised land, not, a, not one, not two, every single time you trust God, He'll lead you to the promised land. Amen? Amen? Now here in 1 Peter chapter number 1, uh, we're going to pick it up uh, for time's sake in verse number 6. Uh, but look at, look at verse number 5. It says that they are kept by the power of God through faith. Okay, through faith. Now look at verse number 6. Wherein, we're talking about the salvation, faith by, being saved by faith. Wherein you greatly rejoice. Now, let me, let me stop right there for a second. When was the last time you joiced, you took joy over your salvation? It says, wherein you greatly rejoice. And if you don't have a rejoicing spirit up in you, you need to go and revisit the cross, and you need to revisit what, how rotten you were, and that you were going to have to suffer for your sins in hell for all of eternity. But because you believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, because you turned to Him, and because you surrendered to Him, and, and gave your heart and your life to Him, He saved your soul. You need to go back and revisit those things. Those are, those are quick words, but if you let your heart think on those things, it'll break your heart. Amen. It'll break your heart. It'll break the hardest of hearts if you'll meditate on the fact of how much it costs Jesus to save your soul. Amen? Amen. So it says that, he, they, they, that wherein we greatly rejoice, and, and, and I just got to say, you know, rejoicing is the natural state of a believer. If you don't have a rejoicing spirit, something's wrong. Rejoicing, it goes hand in hand with worship. And if you don't have a rejoicing spirit off in you, you need to revisit the, the fundamentals of your faith. Your faith. You need to go back and, and shore those things up. Because the natural state of a believer is that we have peace and joy. Amen? Okay, let's watch this. Uh, wherein you greatly rejoice, 
though now for a season, if need be, some of us need it more than others, evidently. Though now for a season, if need be, you are in heaviness through manifold temptations. Now, this heaviness that he's talking about is sorrow. This, the, the, the heaviness that the Lord is talking about here through Peter is that there are seasons in our lives when it's necessary that we go through a time of, of heavy sorrow. You ever had heavy sorrow? It's when you feel like your heart is down in your boots. Everybody else is smiling and you're wondering, what in the world are you smiling about? It's a heaviness in your spirit. It's a heaviness in your spirit. And there's times that we go through seasons where we have a heaviness in our spirit. And it's for a purpose. I want to show you this. It's for a purpose. God does everything for a purpose. God has a purpose and a plan for everything that you're going through. Every hardship you've endured, every glory you've received, everything that you've gone through, God has a plan and a purpose for it. And I want to show you this morning what we're talking about. Right here, though, this, this heaviness is a sorrow that comes in the soul. And this sorrow that comes in a soul, if you ever become an intercessor, if God ever uses you to pray, pray for other people, this will mark a ministry of a person who's an intercessor. It is a heaviness in the soul, a desire that they get right with God, a desire that they leave the foolish things of the world and turn to the living Christ. Every time you see somebody who's not walking right, it produces a sorrowness in the soul. That's, an, that's, that's the life of an intercessor right there. Um, but look what it says, though. Okay, so if need be, you're in heaviness through manifold temptations. Verse number 7. That the trial of your faith. Everybody say, my faith. My Hold on, we just got personal. We just got personal this morning. It says that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Now, let's break this down for, for a moment. The trial of your faith, it is uh, when, when things come against you, it is coming against your faith. Faith right here is characterized as something that is much more precious than gold. Faith is what gives you the ability to hold on and to continue walking when the lights are turned out. Faith will give you the ability to hold on when everybody else says so long. Faith will give you the ability to continue to stand when all of hell is coming against you. Faith will give you the ability to hold on, to hang on, and to press on, and to cling to the Lord Jesus Christ when everything else is telling you it's not worth it, it's useless, don't do it, you're wasting your time. This is where faith kicks in. And the trial of your faith is what we're talking about this morning, the trial of your faith. It is a refining trial. The trial is not, um, it, it, it is not that trials only come for some. Trials come for all of us because there's a purpose in it. But listen to this though. It's only for a season. We go through seasons of trials. There's going to be a season when you get to the other side of the trial you're in today. 
It, and it may be the day you leave earth, but there will be a day when there's no more trials. There will be a day when there's no more tears and no more sorrow. There will be a day when there's no more sickness, no more pain, no more dying, no more death. There will be a day when it's no more. And between this day and that day, the most precious thing to the saint of God is our faith in Jesus Christ. And that's what the trial comes for. It comes to try your faith. Watch, watch what he says in, in verse number uh, 7. He says that, that though it be tried with fire, though it be tried with fire, some of you feel like you've been in the fire since the day you got born again. Some of you feel like you've been in the fire since the day you were born, period. But the illustration that Peter is using, now remember who, who Peter is. Peter's the one that went through denying Jesus three times and being sifted as wheat. Peter's the one that Jesus prayed for that he would, that what? His faith would fail him not. His faith would fail him not. What's the key part on here? Trials come to refine your faith. That's what he's saying. And, and he's, he's illustrating it with gold being, re, being refined by fire. You see, whenever gold is tried by fire, what it does is it burns away all of the impurities. It burns away everything that's not of gold. And that's the illustration that God has given us regarding our faith. So that whenever we come encounter with trials and tribulations that burn, amen? It's one thing to get an unexpected bill when you're wealthy. But it's another thing when, when you're not. There's some trials that are okay, and there's some trials that burn. We're talking about trials that burn. You know, the enemy knows how to get to you. But if your faith is secure, he can't have you. He knows how to pick on you. But if your faith fail you not, he can't get to you. Watch this. The fire, the, the fire removes the impurities and it takes away everything that's not gold. And when trials come to you and to me, when those trials that burn come, what it does is it refines your faith. It takes away the things that are not right. And it gets you to where your faith is secure and founded on the right thing. Where you're no longer trusting in people. Where you're no longer trusting in churches or denominations or TV programs or books that you saw. Where you're no longer trusting in any worldly thing. But you're trusting in the living God. You're trusting in the testimony of Jesus Christ. You're trusting in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, God's own Son. Son. That's a faith that is unshakable and unbreakable. And every single thing that comes against it will fail because your faith will fail not Amen. when your faith is secure on the rock of Jesus Christ. Amen. You see, what we see here is that God allows hardships to come on the saint of God to make you a better saint of God. Amen? And you might say, well, I don't want that. Well, God's desire is to mold you and make you. God's desire is to grow you. 
Amen? Amen? God's desire is to grow you. You have a destiny that God has for you. You have a calling that God has given to you and to nobody else. God has placed within you gifts and a calling that the Holy Spirit will awaken and arouse at the right time. And, it, and before you get from A to B, God's got to do some refining on us. It's not fun. It's never pleasant, but it's for our good. Amen? Amen? And what it does is it, it teaches us to not trust in anything other than Jesus. Amen. It teaches us to trust in nothing but Him. Amen? Amen? Because nobody else told you that they would never leave you nor forsake you. At some point in time, somebody's going to hit the road and, and split on you. At some point in time, somebody might have enough. You know what? I'm just tired of you. Every time you eat, you open your mouth and smack, and I'm just tired of it. I mean, everybody's got a threshold. But God said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Amen? You don't have to worry about Him saying, I'm tired of you smacking your food. I'm tired of you. You know what I mean? God will never leave you nor forsake you. And that's a promise that we can hold on to, and we need to hold on to it when we're in a valley. Because when we're in a valley, we feel, we feel like we're the only one that things are coming against. How many of you have ever felt like, does anybody else go through the things like I've had to go through? Am I the only one that's had to go through this kind of stuff? I mean, you know, I'm hard-headed, I know. I know I'm hard-headed, but I must have, you know, whenever you step out of the boat, you're supposed to step onto the dock, and sometimes you miss. It's like sometimes we just feel like that. We just feel like that, that's us. That's us. But it's not just you. See, that's the way that the enemy tries to seclude you, to make you feel like you're the only one that feels like that. That's what he does. What, what you see, if you'll turn over to chapter 4, let me show you something in chapter 4. So Peter continues on this thing. Look what he says in verse number 12. Beloved, so he's talking to believers. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial. You see, it's not the bill when you got a lot of money. The fiery trial is whenever, when somebody leaves you and you're like, who else is going to leave? The fiery trial is when you get the bill and you're like, what am I going to do? The fiery trial is when you get the news that you know you don't have a job. Fiery trial, you come home, nobody's there. Fiery trials are fiery trials. And look what he says. He says, Think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you. This word try means test. It's the same word as refine. It removes the impurities. Removes the dross. Think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. Now listen. These trials come for all saints. These trials come for all saints. In one degree or another, these trials come for all saints. What, what we see... Now look, it, it's, it's not a... Look, don't sit there and say... I'm under a trial, Brother Kenny, because, uh, you know, um, I didn't pay my Swebco bill and now they're trying to shut off my lights. This is a trial like I've never had. That's not a trial, okay? That's not a trial. If you, if you spent your money, you know, at the casino instead of paying Swebco, that's not a trial. 
That's called not having wisdom. A trial is when things come against you and you didn't ask for it. Understand the difference. You know, not having wisdom comes on all of us. No matter whether you're born again or not. But to the child of God, there are certain trials that come on you just because you name the name of Christ. There are certain battles that will rise up against you because you name the name of Christ to get you to stop sharing your testimony, to get you to stop loving God, to get you to stop lifting your hands in praise, to get you to stop being hopeful and faithful and obedient to the Holy Spirit. And those are the trials we're talking about. The fiery trials, they come to try you. But listen... Your faith is more valuable than you think. Your faith will sustain you and give you an anchor to hold on to in the midnight hour. When everything else is going wrong, your faith will keep you secure. Amen. Amen? Praise the Lord. Thank you for joining us today on Defending the Faith. I'm Pastor Kenny Word. I'm the pastor over at Gospel Lighthouse Church. And we want you to know that we would love for you to come visit us our address is 4350 Panther Drive in Bossier City. We're a non-denominational congregation. Listen, we meet on Sundays at 1045 in the morning, and then we also have Sunday night services at 6 p.m. Then you can find us on Wednesdays. We have a Bible study at 7 p.m. But we hope to see you at one of our upcoming services, and we're so thankful that you joined us on the radio today. If you have any questions about the program today or a past episode, you can email me. I'm Pastor Kenny at kjcword at gmail.com. That's kjcword at gmail.com. Until we see you again, may God richly bless you. You have been listening to Defending the Faith with Pastor Kenny Word of Gospel Lighthouse Church in Bossier City. Defending the Faith uses foundational principles, fundamental teachings, and faithful preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ to influence the world and strengthen believers in their daily walk. Gospel Lighthouse Church is located at 4350 Panther Drive in Bossier City. Go to churchlighthouse.com for more information. And please tune in again next time for Defending the Faith. It's time for Defending the Faith with Pastor Kenny Word of Gospel Lighthouse Church in Bossier City. Defending the Faith uses foundational principles, fundamental teachings, and faithful preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ to influence the world and strengthen believers in their daily walk. And now, here's Pastor Kenny Word. Praise the Lord. Welcome to Defending the Faith. We're so glad that you joined us on today's program. Now, my name is Pastor Kenny Word. I'm the pastor of Gospel Lighthouse Church. Now, our church is down in South Bossier City, and we're a non-denominational congregation. If you don't have a church home, we would love to have you come visit us, come join us uh, for one of our upcoming services. We have Wednesday night services at 7 o'clock p.m., and then on Sundays, we have two services on the Lord's Day at 1045 in the morning, We have our main service, and then we're a little bit old-fashioned. We have church at night. It's a 6 o'clock service, and honestly, it usually is the most powerful one. Uh, But if you don't have a church home, we want to make an invitation to you. We preach the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ. We preach that there is hope for every soul and that God's desire is to reconcile you to Himself through the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you need a church home, 
Come worship the Lord with us at Gospel Lighthouse Church. Now, as we get into this program, we pray that this message is a blessing to you. We pray that God would speak to you, that it would be anointed and minister to you. And if you have any questions, you can always email me at kjcword, that's kjcword, at gmail.com. You can email me anytime. And now let's go ahead and get on into the message. God bless you. God will never leave you nor forsake you. And that's a promise that we can hold on to and we need to hold on to it when we're in a valley. Because when we're in a valley, we feel, we feel like we're the only one that things are coming against. How many of you have ever felt like, does anybody else go through the things like I've had to go through? Am I the only one that's had to go through this kind of stuff? I mean, you know, I'm hard-headed, I know. I know I'm hard-headed, but I must have... You know, whenever you step out of the boat, you're supposed to step onto the dock and sometimes you miss... It's like sometimes we just feel like that. We just feel like that. that's us. That's us. But it's not just you. See, that's the way that the enemy tries to seclude you, to make you feel like you're the only one that feels like that. That's what he does. What, what you see, if you'll turn over to chapter 4, let me show you something in chapter 4. So Peter continues on this thing. Look what he says in verse number 12. Beloved, so he's talking to believers. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial. You see, it's not the bill when you got a lot of money. The fiery trial is whenever, when somebody leaves you and you're like, who else is going to leave? The fiery trial is when you get the bill and you're like, what am I going to do? The fiery trial is when you get the news that you, know, you don't have a job. Fiery trial, you come home, nobody's there. Fiery trials are fiery trials. And look what he says. He says, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you. This word try means test. It's the same word as refine. It removes the impurities. Removes the dross. Think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. Now listen. These trials come for all saints. These trials come for all saints in one degree or another. These trials come for all saints. What, what we see, now look, it, it's, it's not a, look, don't sit there and say, I'm under a trial, Brother Kenny, because, uh, you know, um, I didn't pay my Swebco bill and now they're trying to shut off my lights. This is a trial like I've never had. That's not a trial, okay? That's not a trial. If you, if you spent your money, you know, at the casino instead of paying Swebco, that's not a trial. That's called not having wisdom. 
A trial is when things come against you and you didn't ask for it. Understand the difference. You know, not having wisdom comes on all of us. No matter whether you're born again or not. But to the child of God, there are certain trials that come on you just because you name the name of Christ. There are certain battles that will rise up against you because you name the name of Christ to get you to stop sharing your testimony, to get you to stop loving God, to get you to stop lifting your hands in praise, to get you to stop being hopeful and faithful and obedient to the Holy Spirit. And those are the trials we're talking about. The fiery trials, they come to try you. But listen, your faith is more valuable than you think. Your faith will sustain you and give you an anchor to hold on to in the midnight hour. When everything else is going wrong, your faith will keep you secure. Amen? Amen? You, You can't trust your service You can't say, well, I know I'm going to make it to the other side because I gave an extra $20. I can't, I can't, I'm going to make it to the other, I'm going to make it through this trial because I served on the greeting team. You're not going to make it through because of things that you've done. You're going to make it through because your faith is on Jesus. That's the only way you're going to make it through the trial that's coming against you today. The trial that may, may be knocking on your door tomorrow, the only way you can get through it is by trusting Jesus, by keeping your faith on Him. Not on things, not on people, not on circumstances, and definitely not on you. But when your faith is centered on Christ and Christ alone, God will get you through. Now, turn with me to Hebrews chapter number 7. And and I'm going to show you something in Hebrews chapter number 7. We're going to begin in verse number 22. See, the refining test of our faith is there for a purpose because when the Lord Jesus comes back or calls you home, your faith needs to be right. And He will do whatever He needs to do to get you to a point where your faith is right. Amen? Amen? If you put too much faith in something, He'll shake things up a little bit. Never forget, God is a jealous God. And when when we begin to put our hopes and our trust and our faith in anything other than Him, come on now. Come on. Now, in this passage, we're we're turning our attention to Jesus. Here in, in, in Hebrews chapter number 7, verse number 22, this whole chapter deals with the priesthood. The priesthood is, is very important because you need to know who your priest is. And I promise you it's not me. 
Your, your high priest is the Lord Jesus. And see, the, the priesthood changed from, the, from Aaron and the Levitical priesthood. It changed. When the blood of Jesus was shed and put on that mercy seat, he became the great high priest in the line and in the order of Melchizedek. And he is our high priest today. So that thing changed. And so we no longer got to go look and knock on the door of some Levitical priest. We need to go to one person and one person alone. It's not St. Patrick. It's not St. John. It's not St. Mary. It's Jesus. Amen. That's who we need to go to. It's not Pastor... If I could only get Pastor so-and-so to lay hands on, if I could only get you know Brother so-and-so to pray for me, if I could only get the anointing from so-and-so... That's not who you need. You got a high priest who's above them. You can go straight to the source of the living water. You can go straight to the source of the anointing. You can release you can receive directly from the Lord Jesus Christ because he's your high priest. You don't need the permission of me or nobody else to go to Jesus. It don't matter whether you feel like it or not, you can go to him. And that's what he wants you to know. That's what he wants you to know. Whether you feel like you've let him down or not, go to him. Whether you feel like you're a failure or not, go to him. What Jesus prayed for Peter was that his faith would fail not. And in our high times and in our low times, when things are going good and things are going bad, we go to Jesus. He is our high priest. You with me? So... Here in verse number 22, they're just talking about this changing, the changing of the guard. Um, it says, by so much was Jesus made a surety of a better testament, or this is the same word as covenant, and they uh, truly were many priests, talking about Levitical priests, because they were not suffered to continue by reason of death. They were not allowed to continue because they died. That's why there were so many Levitical priests. It, it was always changing. It was always one guy, and the next year it was a different guy. And the next year it was a different guy. And the next year it was a different guy. It always changed because they were, number one, they had to do certain things to become holy. But Jesus didn't have to do anything to become holy. Jesus is holy. He is the Lord God Almighty. He existed before time began. He's always been holy. He's never not been holy, and He'll always be holy. And so He didn't need to do anything to become holy. He just is holy. And so these Levitical priests would have to do all kinds of rituals and wear certain clothes and do all kinds of things to become holy enough to serve for one year. But Jesus, because he is holy. He is able to serve year after year for all of eternity, for ages upon ages. He will always be the high priest for you and me. And it says in verse number 24, but this man, because he continueth ever, and praise be to God, he continueth ever. He is alive today, and he's never going to die again. When he came out of that tomb on the third day, he rose up, defeating death, hell, and the grave, and he is victorious over death, and we can partake in that victory by faith, which we're talking about today. So it says that this man, because he continueth ever, and we praise God for that, 
He has an unchangeable priesthood. Everybody say unchangeable. Amen. It's a good job. It's unchangeable, meaning that the way that Jesus is today is how he's been ever since he became the high priest, and he'll always be this way. This is an unchangeable priesthood. If he's ever been somebody's high priest, he's your high priest. And if he's your high priest, he can be your child's high priest. Amen? Watch this. Wherefore, he is able. Everybody say able. able. He is able. Amen. He is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. Jesus is ready, willing, and able to save them to the uttermost. I've heard a preacher say, from the, utter, from the guttermost to the uttermost. He's able to save, he's able to take a life from the gutter and set you on a place where you've never been before. He's able to save from the guttermost to the uttermost. He's able to take a life that was bound by sin, bound by addiction, bound by darkness and in chains, and He's able to set that person free, give them a new life, a new name, a new hope, and a new future. And, and so He's able to save not just a little, but the Bible says, to the uttermost. You really don't need a dictionary to look up what the word uttermost means. It means uttermost. It, it, it means he's able to do it all. It means he's able to take a drunk and make him sober. He's able to take somebody bound by pornography or sin or, or, or in, enslaved by some past failure that they've committed. And he's able to take them from that place and give them where they experience forgiveness and a new life. Where the chains of addiction and bondage are broken off. And to set them up on a rock where they can now stand and lift their hands and worship God. God without shame. You know why you can worship God without shame? Because He took it on. He took your sin on Him so we no longer have the shame anymore. When we come to Him we can lift up our hands and hold up our head high and praise God that we serve a living Savior who died for us, who sought us and bought us with the precious blood of Jesus. And so what we see here is he saves to the uttermost all those that come unto God by him. Now this is God's prescribed way. Never forget it, never mistake it, and never allow anybody to go around it. Because Jesus said he is the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. And this passage right here backs it up. It says when people come unto God by him. Not trying to get around him through St. Patrick, St. Mary, or Martha, or whatever else. No, you can't get around Jesus by putting money in an offering plate. You can't get around Jesus by going on a mission trip. The only way you can get to God is through the Lord Jesus Christ because he is God. He is God the Son. Amen? And so he said he's the way, the truth, and the life. No man come to the Father but by me. So he's able to save to the uttermost all those that come to God by Him. 
now look what it says. Seeing, this is what faith needs to do. You know what faith does? Faith sees the unseen. Listen. Faith believes what God has said even though you can't see it. So right here, we're moving from who Jesus is and what He's going to do to your responsibility. Seeing. Your responsibility, if your faith is going to fail not, is going to have to see what you can't see with the naked eye. In other words, when it don't feel like it, trust. Amen. When it don't sound like it, trust. When it don't look like it, trust. Faith is believing what God has said above everything else that you see. Amen. It's taking things that are eternal and bring them in, into this temporal place by faith. It's believing what God has said. That's what faith is, if you want to know. You, 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 you can't see peace. But if you walk by faith, you can possess it. Right? It says believing what God has said. And so our responsibility is to see. So this seeing that he's talking about is when you're kicking over into faith. Believe. Trust. Seeing. Now, what is it that we're supposed to believe? What is it that we're supposed to hold on to? When, when my trial is coming against me, when the, you know, when the bottom's falling out of the boat, when the wheels are falling off the cart, when everything's going wrong and nothing's going right, what is it that I'm supposed to hold on to? Look what it says right here. Seeing He what? He ever liveth to make intercession for them. He ever liveth to make intercession for them means that He's continually living and praying for you. Well, how can He pray for me and you at the same time? Because He's God. He's omnipresent. That means He's everywhere at the same time. Never forget, Satan is not omnipresent. He can only be in one place at one time. I promise you, he's been, at, you know, he's been attacking me, so I don't know what's been going on with you. But He can only be in one place at one time, though. But God is omnipresent. God can be at all places at all times, not in fractions of Himself, but in the fullness of who He is. That's why He's God. And so it says that He ever lives to make intercession. He's praying for you. He's praying for you. He's praying for you and you and you and you and you and me at the same time. Now, when Peter was about to go through the trial of his life, when he denied Christ and he felt condemned, you know, whenever Peter denied Christ, he wept bitterly. You know what it's like to weep bitterly? That's when it hurts to cry. It's not the cute cry. When you're weeping bitterly, Kleenexes don't do. It's painful tears. 
And it says when he denied Christ that third time, he began to weep bitterly. Thank God that Jesus foresaw that and prayed for him. Amen? Amen. Jesus interceded because he knew Peter was going to fall. He knew that Peter needed some help and he was going to take Peter from the gutter to the utter. And that's what he does for you and me. You see, what Jesus says is he's able to save to the uttermost you if you'll come to God by him seeing he's making intercession for you. See, even right now, I don't know the burden on you. I don't know the trial you're going through. I don't know the burden that you're bearing. I might think I know, but I don't know. You don't know what burden I'm bearing. Amen. But Jesus does. Amen. And Jesus is the one making intercession for me. And so my responsibility is to go to Him. Seeing He ever maketh intercession. Those that come to God by Him. I want to ask you this morning to take your burdens to the Lord. The Bible says uh, later on in here to cast your burdens on the Lord. Cast your cares on the Lord because He cares for you. Now you know. You see, the Lord was burdened for Peter when Peter was about to fall. But the Bible says that God is no respecter of persons. Amen. So if Peter going through this trial and tribulation burdened the Lord to where he prayed, understand that he's praying for you in your trial and in your tribulation. Before you even get in it, He's praying for you and interceding for you. And while you're in it, He's praying for you. And you can hold on to that same word that He told Peter, that your faith fail not. That even in the midnight hour when you're in the valley, keep your eyes on how good God is. God's good when I got money in my bank and when I don't. He's still good. God's good when I'm alone or when my house is full. God's still good. God is still love. He's still joy. And He still brings peace to my soul whether things are good or not. Whether things are right or not. No matter whether I understand what's happening to me or not, God is still good. That's just what He is. He's good. You see... What's hard for us is to understand that Jesus is actually praying for us. Amen. I told you earlier, Robert Murray McShane, he said that we would probably believe and act differently if we heard Jesus in the next room praying for us. Think, think on that. If you heard Jesus praying for you in the next room, if you heard Jesus saying, Father, help him to not move to the left or to the right, but to stay focused on me. 
you'd think we would go, oh, I need to stay focused on him. Right? Amen. We do what we're supposed to do. If you could hear it with your natural ear. Well, what he's telling you is to listen with your spiritual ear. He's, he's, he's telling you to see by faith that Jesus is interceding for you. If you will take the bold step of coming to God by Jesus, you can know beyond a shadow of a doubt, Jesus will save you from the guttermost to the uttermost. And He will give you a, a, a joy that this world has no understanding of. He will put joy in your soul when everything else is coming against you. He will give you peace when you're being attacked frontwards, backwards, and sideways. He will give you a strength that is not your own that will give you the ability to stand when everything else is coming against you. If you'll take up that armor of God, that shield of faith, God will cause you to stand when everything else is coming against you. God will lift up a standard against your enemies when they're coming in like a flood. Amen? Amen. And it's only because you go to God by Jesus. It's not because you give, you serve, or you do. Those are all outflows. But what causes you, what causes you to be taken from the gutter to the utter? What causes you to be taken from the valley and put on the, the mountaintop? What causes you to go from faith to faith and glory to glory? What causes you to walk and stand in the promises of God is nothing more or less than your faith on Jesus. If you'll go to Him with your burdens. You see, the great thing about Him being your high priest, you don't have to tell anybody else Right? You go straight to the king. And the healing and deliverance is going to come straight from him to you. You can receive directly from the throne of God rivers of living water this morning. You can receive new life. You can receive healing for your soul. You can receive joy. I've traded... Right? My morning sorrow into joy. He turns our sorrows to joy. Only God can do this. Only God can do this. And God's the only one you need to go to. God's the only one you need to go to. Praise the Lord. Thank you for joining us today on Defending the Faith. I'm Pastor Kenny Word. I'm the pastor over at Gospel Lighthouse Church, and we want you to know that we would love for you to come visit us. Our address is 4350 Panther Drive in Bossier City. We're a non-denominational congregation. Listen, we meet on Sundays at 1045 in the morning, and then we also have Sunday night services at 6 p.m. Then you can find us on Wednesdays. We have a Bible study at 7 p.m. But we hope to see you at one of our upcoming services, and we're so thankful that you joined us on the radio today. If you have any questions about the program today or a past episode, you can email me. I'm Pastor Kenny at kjcword at gmail.com. That's kjc 
W-O-R-D at gmail.com. Until we see you again, may God richly bless you. You have been listening to Defending the Faith with Pastor Kenny Word of Gospel Lighthouse Church in Bossier City. Defending the Faith uses foundational principles, fundamental teachings, and faithful preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ to influence the world and strengthen believers in their daily walk. Gospel Lighthouse Church is located at 4350 Panther Drive in Bossier City. Go to churchlighthouse.com for more information and please tune in again next time for Defending the Faith.